Welcome to the ENA Podcast. This is the ENA Podcast. This is Dan Campana, the Director of Communications with the Emergency Nurses Association, welcoming you to our latest episode. And we're talking new and exciting. I know I use the word exciting every time, so I got to figure out a new word, but new and exciting does app, you know, apply here very, uh, very well. We're going to talk about the upcoming ENA University residency program with a, a couple of people who've been a part of uh, the development of this, both from the ENA side, but also from the pilot side. And uh, just to learn a little bit more about what this residency program is going to be about and also to share some information about a webinar coming up on February 24th for people to, on their own, learn a little bit more directly from uh, the developers of the program. So uh, with that, I'm going to welcome in Monica Kolbuck and Don Morrison. Uh, Monica is the Senior Manager for Education Program Development at ENA, and Don is a clinical ED educator in California. So Don, Monica, welcome to the ENA podcast. Thanks Thank for you. having us. Um, yeah, this is great. So Monica, I'm going to start with you, you know, home field advantager, the ENA, you know, staffer and coworker. Um, why a residency program? Why is this something that uh, ENA is, is taking out to the world uh, via ENA University? Um, this is a long time coming. Uh, ENA, this has always been on our, on our um, mindset and even more so, I think, on memberships. Um, so much that a lot of members put forth a resolution asking specifically that we explore and develop a residency program. So I really do think this was a long time coming. And a lot of it has to do with there's, there's considered gaps in clinical skill, and decision making and things like that. I mean, at a, at a fundamental level, that's what a residency program is, is going toward. But just talk a little bit about from your standpoint in helping develop this, what were maybe the top two or three things that you knew had to be um, you know, considered to make this thing viable? Ooh, that's tough. Um, it's tough because there's so much that's involved in a residency program that um, it's hard to narrow down the top two things. We knew that, and we still know that uh, residency programs, a well-structured one is successful in retention, employee satisfaction. Uh, the problem is there isn't a standardized one and there isn't one specific for emergency nursing that you know everyone says, oh, here's one specifically for the ED that we can all use. We know that there's educational gaps. Um, there's a lot of hospitals who have chosen to create their own and they have developed these homegrown programs. But even within those programs, there are gaps, right? We don't it takes a lot of time and Dawn can attest to this. It takes a lot of time to put in the resources, to develop the content, to think out a comprehensive program. So ENA has finally stepped up and has done the heavy lifting and the hard work of that. So when you look at a residency program, um, I think the main things are, you know, uh, focusing on the unit, the ED that you're in. So it's going to be to improving clinical judgment, which is essential to be an emergency nurse. It's focusing on decision-making, also recognizing mm -hmm. healthy work environment and giving a one-to-one um, a -one -one approach also, making the time for the resident and giving them a lot of support. Um, and that's really what our residency program does. 
Don, you know, from yes. your perspective, the, the first thing that I'll go, I'll, I'll ask you about is a residency program is not orientation, right? I mean, I think is there a, a, there's some misconceptions about one being the other and vice versa, but from your role, um, and if you actually, let me back up. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background when it comes to uh, being a, a, an educator and, and some of the things that you've experienced, and then to touch on a little bit with the idea of why residency is not orientation and, and why there's maybe some confusion at times between those two. Well, thank you. Um, yes, so I stepped into this role December of uh, last year. Well, the year before, I'm sorry. So it's been a little over a year. And as you know, the environment was quite chaotic uh, with the COVID just really hitting California, especially. That was our biggest surge at that time as far as my, my local area. So um, I, was, I was learning the whole onboarding and orientation part. And while we, as a hospital system, have a great um, orientation, it really didn't speak to the needs specifically of the ED and the ED nurse. And so I was really, really wanting to develop something myself. And it was really interesting because one day I was reading my journal and I saw the article that was talking about this pilot. And I thought, wow, this is really great. I was so excited. I cut it out. I copied it for all the managers, the director, my education people. And then I was on a call um, just researching some other information. And then I spoke to somebody at ENA and they, and I said, Hey, when this happens, I want it, I want information because this is, this is filling the gap from being oriented to the organization, being oriented to the role of being a nurse, but this takes it farther and introduces you what does it mean to be an ED nurse, which is completely different than the inpatient world. It's just its own environment. And so everything that was listed was speaking to that. So it was really exciting. And then all of a sudden I'm getting a call and a week later I'm talking to the CNO of the hospital and my director and we're all part of this big pilot, which was really exciting. So um, it, it's really just filled the need that we were we were needing, and so I, I'm excited about it. So when you think about um, you know getting really nuts and bolts ish, you know, um, as a nurse and someone who you've probably seen a lot of different ways that you know a new nurse shows yeah. up and they're shown the way, if you will, uh, not to get Mandalorian ish here, but you know you're, you're shown the way of being an ED nurse in a particular place at a particular time. Um, you know, Monica talked about the gaps that come in when there's not consistency or a homegrown program will never be, right. you know, fully, you know, we'll never have everything. So right. what were some of the things that you gravitated toward when you go, yeah, this checks all the boxes, but what were the, some of the particular things that you said, yes, I know that's something that we could do better for the ED nurse. Training the critical judgment and, the, and just thinking like an ED nurse. When you go to nursing school, you're taught to look at what the, um, the diagnosis and prognosis is. You have your orders and you follow those orders. And what we do is a lot different. You know, We actually do participate with a diagnosis, not while well, that's not our role, we don't diagnose as nurses. We work very closely with the physicians. So we have to look at a patient that walks in and see what do they look like? What are their, what, what do they look like um, objectively? And then what are they symptomatically telling us about? So if you can't take that and then figure out what, what, what am I going to order? What do I think is happening? And identify what's really sick from sick and sicker. 
that's really the stuff that we need to get nurses to think about when they're, they're brand new, especially if you get a brand new nurse. And this isn't even speaking to the new to specialty nurses that step away from their nice protected role on the floor where they have their orders and, and, and all that. It's just a whole different, um, just a whole different way of nursing. Sure. So, so Monica, would, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, um, but I would say that Monica, the thing that uh, jumps out at me, so Don just saw that this was something that was going to be proposed and there were going to be opportunities to get engaged with it. From a development standpoint, what, what, did, what, did, what went into, how long did it take to come up with, this is what we want to accomplish so that someone like Don would see and go, yes, I want to be a part of that. Because that seems like the hard part with any sort of pilot is how do we craft it and present it in a way that's going to make people want to participate so we can learn from it? Um, well, we knew I had a really good foundation to start with the, with the content because uh, Dr. Lisa Wolf had a program established that she ran, you know, and so we used that as our foundation for, you know, stepping off and looking at what is essential for the ED nurse or the new to the ED nurse. Like, what is it that they need to know? Uh, you know, we knew walking in that onboarding new to practice nurses and also new to the ED through structured programs helps increase competency, reduction of error, uh, reduce self-reporting of stress, increase job satisfaction and improving retention. Then it was like, it's the, you know, what is it like the silver bullet? But we just, so how do you go about making all that into a residency program? Requires tons of back-end research and work. So. The first step really was to get them the content for the didactic. Um, so the first two weeks of the residency program is classroom time. And every new grad, because I was the new grad in the ED and I know what it's like, and you just want to get on the floor and you want to stick an IV in somebody and like <laughs> learn everything. But what we found in the literature and we found out through our, our pilot was that you cannot throw them out onto the floor with a great experienced ED nurse and then expect success. It has to be a slow integration progression into that role with even with a preceptor. So there's, so I don't even remember what your question was because I <laughs> love talking about this so much. Well, let but, me follow up though. Let me follow up yeah, with you though. When sure. you arguably there's no, there's probably no shortage of prep that you have to do just to get this thing started and to get those fundamental things out of the way, which is you know, step one, don't throw them out to the wolves. You yes. got to really nurture to get them to a point where you can now have them tag team with somebody, a preceptor to really start to understand the environment. You go through all that in the program, in a pilot happens. What is it for you at this stage? What are some of the most exciting things in terms of the feedback that you've either seen through the course of the pilot or now mm -hmm. that we're at this stage where we're getting closer and closer to launching this out to the world? Um, I think the top things were we knew walking in that we needed to um, change up the format. You know, they were just plain PowerPoints. We were kind of testing things out, testing content. So I think the things are most exciting is now the didactic. And I gave Dawn, before we met here, I gave Dawn a little preview of what it looks like. And it's really something I'm very proud of our team for working on. This is, it's beautiful. It's, mm -hmm. it's really engaging. We took the feedback from the program and the residents that were like, ah, oh, death by PowerPoint. So we told, we put in a lot of pictures. We put, we made it more interactive and thinking about, um, I mean, there's so much that's involved because it's not just, here's a pretty picture. 
you have to right. think about the, this new generation of nurses coming in, right. how they learn. So it's really, how do you facilitate the adult learner? How, um, so as we were talking to pilots and educators, many of the educators were like, I've been doing this for so many years. And, and so they were like, they just need to get on the floor. But at the end of the pilot, they were like, I get it now. I totally understand that we can't just throw them out there. They do feel supported. Um, the one thing that we did not anticipate out of the pilot that we weren't really even, I'm, probably Dr. Wolf was thinking it, but I wasn't, was the social cultural acclimation. So we did not anticipate through this program with all the support that they get, they felt more supported. They felt like a part of the team a lot quicker than they had then in previous. Um, so, so feedback from preceptors, feedback from educators said that they this group of nurses, they ran through their cohorts, felt more acclimated to the ED culture. They felt more part of a team. Um, we don't know what that is, right? Like we would have to do more studies to find out what caused that. I'd love to say it's our program, but you know, that's why we're going to keep re evaluating the data and, and, and looking at everything. So Don, from your side, as someone who, you know, implemented and, and went through this to give, you know, Monica and, and the team that data to, to interpret, you know, what were the things that you said, wow, this is different or, you know, even the, 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 the critical feedback, you know, about, you know, <laughs> you think this might work, but here's reality. It's not going to, for this reason, what were some of the, the key things that you, you know, opened your eyes or you wanted to make sure they knew so that they could make tweaks? Well, as Monica said, um, we, I, I personally got a lot of feedback from nurses, from, from nurses visiting the floor that was seeing what's going on. Everybody had an opinion. And there was a solid feedback of, hey, we just, when I started, we just, we just threw you out there, you know, it's sink or swim, baby. And it worked for me. Look, I'm still here. And I'm like, oh, but look at your battle wounds. Look at the scars. You're so salty, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, everybody had a lot of feedback and I'm like, we're going to get there. Just, just relax, you know? And I tried to you know, reach out to everybody, but you know what the feedback's been now from I would say every single person I've spoken to, from the unit secretary to the rapid nurses that are visiting the, the trauma department, is that this is the best and most prepared group that they've seen. Now they get it. They're like, oh, I see what you did. And, and it's almost intangible, um, except that I think it was just the time that was spent to introduce them to the culture of the department and the realities of what it's like to be in an ER and the, just the, from the preceptors to the, the traumas to the, you know, we do, we're a STEMI center and the stroke center, just seeing how all those roles interact and, and easing them into it. I mean, we did a week of just observations. We would step out from our, our um, didactic and the lecture time and just go out and, and meet a nurse who's taking care of that type of a patient. We're a very large center so that we had a lot of opportunities. Um, to go out and do that, but it was really, it was really powerful. It yeah, sounds like it was really thought, you could see that it was very thoughtfully fun. put together, it sounds like. Uh, absolutely. You know, with, it makes me so happy to hear that really, because it, that's what we want to achieve. We want, we want nurses to stay. We want them right. to stay in the ED. And what you find is if they're not given a good, strong foundation, they will leave. They will right. say, you know what? I don't deserve to be bullied. 
I don't deserve to, uh, you know, not know how policies and procedures work. I need to know this. If, if they're not happy in the environment, they will go somewhere else. So Absolutely. if you invest the time up front and 18 weeks, you know, this is a 16 to 18 week program. Um, and even based on the program evaluation that we did with the pilot hospitals, we, we had adjusted it. it initially it was 18 weeks. And now we say that, you know, we've looked back at it and said, okay, for the hospitals, they're experiencing a lot of staffing issues right now. You can potentially cut it down to 16 weeks. This is how I'll sit with you and, and help you figure this out. Anyway, so with, within the components of the program, you have the didactic, that's the two week orientation classroom. We integrate um, uh, skills, you integrate equipment training, policies and procedures and kind of knocking out all that stuff. Within, within those days, you're getting case studies, you're working through mm -hmm. them. And it's not so much, and I always give this example, it's not so much, okay, a patient comes in, you know, with chest pain, I'm going to start night. It's, it's not a cookie, you know, recipe that you're just going to say, this right. is how I make a, you know, chocolate chips. It's not chocolate chip, chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but it's, it's, it's a matter of why am I doing this? Yes. I think that's the difference of our program than, uh, than other residency programs. It's understanding what would happen if I don't put in this IV in this amount of time, or what if I don't draw this blood? Why am I drawing that blood? Um, right. Why are we running that test? What can I anticipate? Um, and then reinforcing that learning through our simulations. Um, now residents will be having, they'll have their own self-directed case studies. So they can do some independent learning in you know, the comfort of however they learn. Um, and then we offer, you know, the, we suggest the coaching aspect. You have another layer of support. Right. One of the things I'll let Dawn talk about more, but I just wanted to mention was our reflection sessions. So the reflection sessions, we had recommended initially that there be three in 18 weeks, three, two hours. I mean, when you think about it, sitting down for two hours, reflecting sounds like torture for an ED nurse, but <laughs> but what it really, so then, yeah, so then it sounds even worse that we're now saying, no, we want you to do five of them now. Um, but the reason why is because the, the, the reflection sessions offer an opportunity to just do that, to reflect. And we know that nurses need that right now. Um, so it's not a matter of, okay, you're, we're going to throw you out there with your preceptor and you're going to do all this work and you're going to learn as much as you can. Yeah, but how do you, how do you look at your practice? How do you, you know, what, what decisions did you make in the ED? The environment can be chaotic. You may not have the time to, you know, talk to your preceptor and say, you know, I didn't feel comfortable with that, what, what, with that decision I made, or I don't really, I, you know, whatever the case is, I, 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 um, I really want to talk about that patient death. Keep in mind, these nurses are coming straight from nursing school. They may they don't have the opportunity to see all the things that they're going to see. Um, and they have to have that time guided with someone experienced to 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 really dive deep into that. Don, you want to add something about the reflection program? or reflection yeah, I sessions? love the reflection part. Actually, um, it I integrated it extensively daily in a in a smaller capacity. And I, as far as the residents were concerned, it really gave them an opportunity to have conversations about what they saw. Why did one nurse do it this way and one nurse did it that way? 
and just addressing just the different things that they were seeing. So the, uh, we did have some challenges, um, which I had shared with Monica initially, um, getting the time. Again, it's hard to get everybody once they're um, assigned to their preceptors, that was uh, a challenge. But now, as we all know, with the virtual um, abilities that we have, scheduling those perhaps at a time, looking at everyone's schedule and then scheduling it out. If they're with their preceptors, they can easily tap out of their assignment and then meet up. It's just really valuable because we, as um, Monica will probably touch on, the secondary trauma that nurses experience, and then it it just, it spills over into the way that we treat each other and, you know, the eating your young and, and all that. It, it establishes a time where everybody can just feel safe to talk to each other about what they're going through without judgment. And then um, you know, come up with various solutions to support each other. So it's it's really valuable. It's a critical time for that, given what the last two years have been like, and we Absolutely. all know the the whirlwind of everything floating around with issues in in terms of staffing and and other really high end you know stressful things that are happening and people leaving. So um, it, it sounds like those are all accounted for in some way or another to quell as much of that from the beginning to help, you know, help feel supported both, you know, as a person, but also on the clinical side and, you know, to the, the, the parts about teamwork and feeling connected um, certainly sound like that's a, a component that maybe is sort of a dark horse in some respects that you, the, if the data shows that, I mean, Monica talked a little bit about how, you know, it'd be interesting to see what that plays out to look like as, as time moves on but to see whether that camaraderie and that morale of, of being connected in the way that this program is doing it, it benefits the long-term in that respect. I wanna jump over, Monica, I know we've got an, um, an intro webinar coming up on February 24th. Um, why don't you just talk a little bit about, well, first of all, when and how people can get involved in that and where, what they can expect when they, you know, what they get there. I mean, really, what, what's the content that you want people to talk about or to hear about when they, they tune in on February 24th. So February 24th at 1 p.m. Central Time, I will be giving a webinar um, on the program, just a high level introduction of what it is, the components of it, and um, allowing some time for some Q&A. Um, there will be a link that's gonna be sent out to members. Uh, you can also, uh, we'll put it in the ENA Connect um, discussion board too. So you'll be able to register there. Um, so it, it just really gives an overview of the components of the residency program, you know, wh why we're doing this, what it means for hospitals and what would be the benefit and the value of having a residency program. And certainly you'll, you'll be prepared for some questions because I'm sure people are gonna come armed with those for you, right? <laughs> oh, for sure. We're, you know, when you pre-register, you can submit questions ahead of time so I can make sure I'm looking at those and address them in, in the hour that we have. Um, we do have a dedicated mm -hmm. email for residency. It's uh, residency at ena.org. So if you have questions ahead of time um, or you know, want to learn more and want to schedule some time, we can, we can definitely do that as well. So Don, I'll give you the last word. Having gone through this and been engaged with ENA throughout this process, why would you encourage an educator or a leader in an ED or in the, the, the C-suite to wanna you know, check out this webinar and learn a little bit more about what ENA will be rolling out very soon? Well, obviously most of us in ED um, were used to chaotic, challenging environments. I would suggest thinking outside of the box and engaging with ENA because they have 
really put together something that's really valuable and really does speak to every aspect of what is needed to develop a really good, strong new uh, nurse in the emergency department. So I just say, check it out. I'm, I'm glad I did. I'm really privileged and honored to have been a part of it. And I'm, I've, um, I'm looking forward to going forward and using it in the future. So, yeah. Well, Monica Colbuck and Don Morrison, I appreciate you both joining us to talk a little bit about, um, you know, the next big thing coming out of ENA University with the residency program and, um, you know, giving a little bit of your time to, to share your experiences, both in the development, but also through the pilot program. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, let me add one thing, because we Go talked about this a minute ago. And um, one of the things that I found also is with the environment and the the COVID, everybody has is tired of it and we've lived through it. And it's been an excuse as to why we don't do things. And I wanna change the mindset. And I've been telling this to everybody all week long is that it's time to stop saying, we can't do this, we can't do that. And have COVID be the reason that we get busy again, doing the important things. Okay, we've been pushed out with urgent for so long. It, these are the important things that are the foundation and we're losing so much staff, we have to spend the time and, and the money and the effort to really develop things that are important. And this is a really important thing. So thank you again. Well, that's, that's a great summation right there. I, I don't think there's much more, especially someone who's gone through it and seen this in reality. Uh, I think that's a great way to, to sum everything up. And you know, if Monica didn't do it and I didn't do it, Don certainly sold a good reason why you should uh, jump on the <laughs> webinar on February 24th so that you can um, hear more about the program. Um, obviously, there's so much more that you know we could cover here, but you know, uh, I, I can't lock you both up for two hours and just talk through you know everything that's been experienced. But the webinar will be a good overview, and give everybody a chance to uh, understand and, and certainly ask questions either beforehand or during. So, uh, once again, uh, you know, a, a big thank you to, to Monica and Don for spending their time with us today on uh, this episode of the ENA podcast and. Uh, as Monica mentioned, uh, information about the webinar uh, will be out across uh, all of ENA's platforms through email, uh, social media, and through the Connect community. So uh, if you don't see something or you haven't seen something, uh, certainly you know, reach out to residency at ENA.org to uh, ask questions and to make sure that you can get signed up to be a part of it. With all of that, I will uh, say thank you for joining the ENA podcast today and listening as always, and we look forward to you joining us next time for our next episode.